What's up, everybody? Jason Rinskoff here. Welcome to another episode of the Starting Up Podcast. So excited, as always, to have you with me. I'm actually recording here from my home office today. I wanted to continue to pick up the conversation, recapping my experience at the Funnel Hacking Live event. Um, Hopefully, if you haven't already, I put up an episode, um, depending on when you're hearing this, that had a conversation with me and Corey, kind of recapping the experience together and what each of our kind of key takeaways were And I thought that was kind of a cool conversation to have, at least for me, recapping things. So hopefully you enjoyed that as well. Today I want to pick up my personal takeaways. This is kind of uh, part two of what will be a multiple part series as I go through each of these presentations and kind of recap and regather and organize my thoughts. So the conversation that I wanted to have today was around one of the, the presentations from the first day. And it was from this guy named Stephen Larson. And uh, Steven's got a pretty cool backstory. He's a pretty young guy. I don't know how old he is, probably in his mid-upper 20s, I would imagine, something like that. Um, and he, his backstory very quickly is he was in the Army, um, came out of the Army, was in, went to school, uh, met his now wife, and was kind of uh, got married, I guess, while he was still in school and was balancing going to school and going to class and being married and trying to you know, not just be a broke college student, which for any of us who recall those early days of being in school and and even exiting school and kind of entering our professional lives and not having any money and uh, trying to just scrape together a couple nickels to to be able to get you know pay for food and do all the other things, we all probably remember what that looked and felt like for for each of us at that stage in our lives. And so that was kind of his his position that he was in not that long ago, just a few years ago, and. He went to, he was in a position where he had started doing some kind of freelance work. He was putting together some marketing strategy and some some website type development for small businesses and things like that, just kind of bootstrapping his way as he went through school. And he actually exchanged marketing services with some people who, who paid for a plane ticket and a hotel for him to attend the very first Funnel Hacking Live event. So the event that I just got back from uh, with Corey, which I think was the fourth or fifth year, he was at the very first one and bootstrapped his way to get there, which is kind of cool in itself. Again, just kind of shows the, you know, the, the effectiveness of being resourceful when you don't necessarily have resources available to you. Um, so that's a, that's a, that in itself is probably worth another episode. But anyway, um, so he, he shows up at the Funnel Hacking Live event, number one, ends up meeting Russell Brunson and a lot of the key members of the, the ClickFunnels team and gets a job offer and actually ends up moving and going to work directly with Russell Brunson as kind of his right hand and uh, at ClickFunnels, which is pretty pretty cool story. So he has this opportunity to learn from the guy who has now built the ClickFunnels, which is now a $100 million a year plus organization. And that's after being in business now for three years that they've had that kind of growth, which is pretty pretty staggering. So Stephen went to work with them and got to just learn at, you know, at the right hand of Russell as they built this business. And he kind of tells that story. He worked there for a couple of years, got his experience, and then January of 2018, left that to start his own business. And so he actually is, he kind of did something very similar to what I'm doing here, which is he, he kind of chronicled the journey. So from leaving, an or, leaving his, his work and his career 
to starting his own company. He started publishing and started kind of putting putting out um, content that just tracked his journey and his experience in going through that process. And if you fast forward now, again, this is January 18. So it's as I record this, it's the beginning of March 2019. He just crossed over a million dollars in gross revenue in his business about 13 months after he left and started his own thing. So uh, pretty awesome story. And for somebody in my spot who's kind of in a parallel path in terms of starting a business and being in that first year and the growing pains and everything else that comes along with it, uh, it's, it's certainly always cool for me to hear those stories. It gives me motivation to continue moving forward and, and to learn from uh, the experiences of people who have come before me. And hopefully that's some of what you get from, from this podcast. That's what it's designed to be anyway, is kind of journaling um, for me the, the experience, the journey, the, the daily grind, the wins, the losses, um, the strategies that get executed, the things that work, the things that don't. That's really what this is all about. So anyway, I digress. So with that's a little bit of his backstory, but what he actually talked about in the presentation I thought was particularly relevant as well. We talk a lot, and you've heard me talk about the fact that you have to get crystal clear about your target market. Who are, who is the market, the, the audience, the perfect prospect that you ultimately serve that you deliver your solution to? So there's somebody out there that maybe you've identified this crystal clear and maybe you're still struggling to identify it and you're still trying to go a little bit too wide and shallow and broad in your solution. But the narrower and deeper that you get and the more that you can get into the mind of your perfect prospect and the more that you can speak to their mind, uh, the more effective you will be in being able to carve out your niche and build your business around that. And as a byproduct of that, you also end up, because you're so specific about who you serve, you end up with a much more fulfilling business because it's going to be so much more specific um, and geared towards delivering a very specific solution that you know uh, you can reliably deliver to that person. And so that's kind of the, the backdrop of what Stephen talked about. So more specifically, he talked about this concept around what he calls red ocean, blue ocean. And so the red ocean is this saturated competitive market that all of us have to compete in in our respective work. Okay, there's three primary markets that most businesses will fall into one of these three things. Health, wealth, and relationships. You look at almost any business out there and you can, you can probably categorize it loosely into one of those three markets. It either helps you with you know, financial related issues and building wealth, it helps you with your health, or it helps you with relationships. And you can explore that around almost anything and find the, the correlation in one of those three markets. Now, inside each of those three respective markets, there are niches. So in the wealth industry, you know, the wealth uh, segment, for example, you may have um, people who focus on you know, stock picking. And you may have some people who focus on insurance and protection. You may have some people who, who focus in estate planning. You may have some people who focus on education. You may have people who focus on, you know, anything from, from debt consolidation to mortgages. So there's all these big sub-niches inside of the whatever that ocean is. And inside of that red ocean, you have all of those individuals, all those companies who are competing for that market, that market or prospect's attention, right? So it's extremely noisy, it's extremely competitive, 
and it's extremely difficult to complete to compete in the red ocean because it's so noisy and so saturated. And so with that in mind, what Stephen talks about is how to develop what he calls the blue ocean out of the red ocean. So how do you how do you carve out your very small opportunity to a very specific select niche inside of that red ocean that you can help to take to the next step, that you can take to the next level that helps to address a more specific pain point that they are not getting solved from the traditional red ocean solutions that are available to them today. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully you're tracking with me. Um, so with that in mind, now what we do is we look at inside of that red ocean, there are three segments of the actual prospect. Okay, there's three kind of classifications inside of that hierarchy. At the top is who the, the folks that we'll call diehards. And so if you're looking at, if you're in a business where you have a specific competitor that you can identify that you think about as these are people, you know, these are kind of the, the folks that are at the top of, of our industry, um, that some of the toughest people that we have to compete with because of what they do, they do very well and they have a good reputation and so on and so forth. If you think about who those people are, they have customers who would be a great prospect for you, right? You're, they're, they're potentially your dream customer in terms of their overall profile and demographic and psychographic and things like that. However, they have an extreme loyalty to the competitor. They are diehards. As an example, thinking about the conference I just came back from, I mentioned there's 4,500 people inside of this, this conference who are there because of this company, ClickFunnels. Now, ClickFunnels is just a software company, but they have established a culture that creates these raving lunatic types of fans of the company, which is crazy to see in itself for a software company. But if I'm another competing software company who offers similar solutions in terms of the technical side of things, it's going to be really hard for me to, to talk to somebody who is diehard loyal to ClickFunnels and try to convince them why my solution's better because I'm not going to be able to compete with their culture. So you have people inside of every niche that are diehard to the competitor like that. And that makes it very difficult to try to convince them to make a change. So hopefully that, that makes some sense for you. But right beneath that, you have people that will classify as successful. They're utilizing the other solution. They're utilizing the competitor solution. They've been successful with it. It's worked for them fine. Um, their results may not be staggering. They may not be completely you know, bought in or sold on the culture or anything like that. But the, the core solution that they deliver is working for them to a point where they're not actively seeking out another alternative. So they're not looking to make a change. With both of those first two segments, the diehards and the successful folks, those, that is where probably 95% of the competition focuses their attention. I'm trying to convince people who already have locked in loyal relationships with the competition, we're trying to convince them why our solution is better. And it's, it's the bloodiest water because it's where the majority of the noise is, and yet it's the hardest sale. They're the most frustrating people to try to deal with because we're trying to convince them. And they're in a position where they have a loyalty to some varying degree that is going to prevent them, that's going to put them on the defense of accepting your potential alternative. And so that brings us to number three, the third market, which is what we'll call the haters. The haters are the people who are receiving that solution. They're receiving the solution of the competitor, but they're not happy with it. They're doing it as a necessary evil, 
and they haven't moved from it because they simply don't realize that another opportunity or another option exists. This is the opportunity for you to carve out your blue ocean opportunity. These are the people who you can uniquely serve in a way that will help to develop your business around a more specific niche. And so if you think about what it is that those people are experiencing, they have frustration around something that your competition is delivering and that opens up opens the door for opportunity for you to speak very very specifically to those unique pain points that they have in their mind what are the frustrations that they experience what are the the friction points in their experience that cause them to dislike the experience to dislike the company is it cultural is it kind of a, an alignment of values is it experiential is it the way that their their actual interaction and their client facing um, customer service? Uh, is it is it the way that they actually interact with the folks you know with their clients that causes frustration? You know, again, just kind of sticking with the example of software, I am somebody who is a you know now a now business owner, recognize and understand the need to have technology inside of my business in 2019 and in moving forward. However, I do not have very much technical acumen at all. It's uh, it's something that I am not particularly technically savvy and yet I recognize that it's something that I need. So it's a necessary evil. One of the things that ClickFunnels has done so brilliantly is they speak very specifically to me. They speak to the business owner, the entrepreneur who's trying to get their message out but feels the frustration of technical overwhelm and trying to do things like build websites and build sales funnels and communication processes that are digital, that are automated. It's an incredibly cumbersome process. And they have specifically spoken to that by saying, we provide the digital service for you to be able to get your message out to your audience and to deliver your your voice in a way that anybody can do it, regardless of your technical, um, your technical abilities and without the need to hire you know, a technical professional, somebody who's a, you know, a computer, computer developer or a, a coder or so on, right? So they speak very, very specifically to that. And that is their blue ocean is they make technology simple. They make the solution simple to execute, to understand, to implement. And so that's how they've kind of carved that out. So that applies to all of us inside of our businesses. So the kind of coming around full circle to this, the ultimate takeaway for you is if you're in a business, whether you're running your own business or whether you're working for another company where at the end of the day, we're all in sales. We're all trying to convince somebody or persuade somebody to do business with us that we can deliver a solution that will make their lives better, that will solve, solve a specific pain point or problem that they're experiencing. And we have, op- we have decisions to make in terms of how we're going to go about that process who we're going to focus our attention on, how we're gonna focus that attention, what our marketing message is gonna be, how we're going to deliver that marketing message. These are all decision points that every single one of us has to kind of grapple with and figure out how are we going to do it in a way that's most effective and that speaks most specifically to our ideal prospective client. And so thinking through the process of red ocean, blue ocean, the red ocean is where you're gonna study to try to identify what ex- what currently exists, what are the things that your people love, your prospective people love, what are the things that they hate, what are the things that create pain, um, frustration, f- 
friction, anxiety, um, whatever, whatever those things are, that's where your opportunity really exists to be able to, to galvanize your own personal community, tribe, culture um, inside of your organization that represents those people. You advocate for those folks who are experiencing pain and frustration inside of the existing options, and you deliver them the outlet to be able to escape that. And that is where the opportunity really exists to blow up a business. So for myself, that's where I'm focusing. A lot of my thought process right now is if as I'm kind of thinking about you know, polarizing against the existing financial service community and the things that are out there right now uh, in terms of traditional financial advice, traditional financial institutions and advisors. And I am intimately familiar with what those conversations and solutions look like because that's what I did for 13 years. It was that experience and those frustrations and pain points that led me to leave that to start my own business. So I am familiar from my personal experience with what that frustration and pain point looks like and what I wish existed when I left. And so all my focus is on trying to de determine how can I identify my small little segment of the community who is experiencing a similar frustration, who has felt those same pain points and felt like they're not being heard, that their, their specific pain points and frustrations are not being addressed by the market. That's where my opportunity exists and that's ultimately where the opportunity exists for you as well. So that's the challenge for you today. Think about your red ocean inside of your business. Who is the existing prospective client? Who is your dream client? And then who are the people in that kind of third category, the people who are frustrated and are looking for a better alternative? How can you speak their language? How can you tell your origin story and how you, came, how you kind of came to be based on sharing a similar frustration and experience that you can speak their language, that you can kind of articulate the issue and the problem and the frustration that's in their mind more effectively than they can even articulate it for themselves. Once you get that dialed in, now all of a sudden you own that segment of the market. And so that's the challenge for you is to think through that process. Uh, do that for yourself and I think that you'll find it very useful. So that will wrap up part two um, of the recap and we will be back in touch soon picking up part three. Thanks so much as listening for always. We'll talk to you soon.